When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRio.com. I'm welcome right now with a welcome, a pioneering member of the cannabis industry with over 13 years of operating experience in cannabis cultivation, manufacturing, and retail. And he's founder CEO of a leading multi-state cannabis brand, uh, getting the first state license ever issued by the state of California for cannabis business. And he's been recognized by High Times as one of the top 100 most influential people in cannabis, two years running, receiving recognition by Entrepreneur Magazine as a top 100 leader in the space. A lot of uh, credentials there for our guest, the CEO of Moxie, Jordan Lambs, here on Grassroots Marketing. Thanks for being on. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There's a lot that's going on right now. Actually, I brought up Hype Times. The distinction is very clear, but also one thing that's also very clear is uh, you're now joining forces and Hype Times, I think, the deal to acquire the MSO Moxie in California and the world's largest legal cannabis market. Uh, that's uh, the Hype Times Holding Corporation to acquire so it gives High Times new cannabis cultivation production capabilities to complement their portfolio currently of cannabis holdings in California. And they also have operated their own branded dispensaries and licensed cannabis products. That's a big deal to get to have somebody with such a brand name, such a distinctive brand name, one of the most synonymous with cannabis. Uh, talk to me about how this deal came about. You know, it's uh, it's funny. It's kind of a, a, a overnight deal that happened five years in the making. Um, we, we talked about this concept uh, before High Times had pivoted into touching the plant business, as they say. Right, and right. Uh, you know, many years ago, when Adam from Ariva Capital acquired High Times, uh, you know, him and I had really hit it off very early on, and very excited that you know there was some fresh blood coming into you know, chart the next uh, course for the high times business. And back then, you know, I said, look, I, I've always felt high times should be a retail brand because it's an aggregator of not only the best products and, you know, through the competitions and the magazine, but also it's the, the entry point for a lot of people that are consumers and that are interested in cannabis going, you know, back 50 years at this point to, you know, understand it and learn. And so by making it a retail brand, you, now have somewhere literally physically for people to go to interact with those brands that that High Times identifies. And so this, you know, made a lot of sense to us because our brand has been, you know, very synonymous with High Times over the years competing ourselves and, you know, all of the cannabis cups and promotional activities with them. So now, you know, we get the opportunity to work together where we're actually delivering consistently at brick and mortar stores, you know, Moxie and High Times branded products with our infrastructure in their retail stores. Yeah, it's very much a testament to the fact that High Times wanted to go ahead and be, well, because it can't just be any product. It just can't be any MSO that they're going to go ahead and, you know, make that kind of investment. So that's got to say a lot for you. But that's also the pedigree of Moxie itself being the first cannabis company to be licensed in California. And you've expanded cultivation production to Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Utah. So you're definitely making your run through there. And with that said, uh, California, you know, I've talked so much about the fact that if there's one place that would be so wonderful for interstate commerce before legalization comes about, the fact that Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, actually 
put that idea out that as, as soon as legalization comes around, interstate commerce will be, it will be point of contention. It'll be allowed in California. But uh, when it comes to that, you have so much that's going on right now itself when it comes to thousands upon thousands of square feet of manufacturing, flowering canopy cultivation, and so much more. Being originally from the market, and even though it's the world's largest cannabis market, the obstacles and challenges are going on regularly when it comes to the amount of tax revenue, the kind of fees that are being put upon, the control board, the issues of the illicit market, so many other things that are going on constantly, plus the inflation we have now today. I'd love to get your take on where you think things are right now when it comes to trying to maintain presence in California and continue to expand as an MSO. Yeah, well, you know, I'll start with the the interstate commerce piece. You know, as much as there's a lot of excitement right now around these states that have uh, such a gross oversupply domestically that they're trying to, for all intents and purposes, expatriate their product to save their businesses, that's never been a pathway that we wanted to bet on. Um, And you said it yourself, you know, California is the, the largest cannabis market in the world. So there's something to be had there beyond just exporting cannabis goods to other states. And part of the reason that we're not as confident that it's going to create this, this boon for large cultivators and manufacturers is because you still have to have the jurisdictions in which you're shipping to be willing to accept. And there's such a hyper-localized tax incentive in these communities that have brought you know, medical and adult use cannabis into their marketplaces that you know, why would they want to give that up to bring product in? And you think about Colorado, for instance, where, you know, cannabis at times has generated more tax revenue than alcohol. And that money is going straight into really great causes, largely. I mean, it's funding the construction of brand new state-of-the-art public schools. I don't see personally a situation where all of the soccer moms whose children are now enjoying these benefits wanting to see any of that erode when uh you know they're they're building infrastructure that's really driving benefit to their communities why why would you know just the the sake of having california cannabis in their marketplace be willing to give up such that you know as i said hyper localized benefit um, not to say that it won't happen in some areas but then you even look to places like you know massachusetts which is uh you know more tightly controlled than california still a fairly open market but similarly it's really opened up and there's a ton of supply price pressure is is downward uh similarly in michigan so with all these states that have built their own infrastructure to the tune of you know hundreds of millions of dollars across all these operators you know what what's to say that the consumer is going to have enough desire and there's going to be enough willingness on the part of the operators to you know let that outside supply come in so for us it was really about how do we make california work it is the biggest market in the world. It's the trendsetter for the world, especially for cannabis. What's the the solution there? And for us, for the last couple of years, we've been, you know, ringing the bell to everyone that would listen that it's it's going to come from consolidation. It's going to come from having a really compelling vertically operated uh, footprint where you have the ability to merchandise your own shelves with the products that you're producing so that you, there's actually some margin to be had. And uh, despite the fact that, you know, there's a lot of great, assets within the marketplace no one really yet had aggregated those assets to make something that was compelling and that's what we did here with high times we saw they've got the right makeup of stores the right pathway to have more stores we've got all the back end we've got the cultivation indoor outdoor manufacturing and the distribution 
So it really is one of those one plus one equals three scenarios in a market where there's, you know, a huge prize at the end of the rainbow for whoever can get there. And for anybody that knows about California, the fact that you're really going to build that synonymous brand just to make yourself such a, there's already with an existing brand, such an intellectual property, such as High Times. Like what I think of Chicha Chong and doing their own stores and how Planet 13's also built their own version of a brand. These brands that come across that for California, it is really, when you look at where retail is going to be for cannabis for every state, once legalization comes into play, California will set, has already set the benchmark. I do agree with that with you there. I wanted to ask you now about the MSO, just the structure, the framework. Because there's a interesting thing that you did where you spoke with the folks at the Mises Institute and their economics for business. And you talked about patiently and finding your entrepreneurial focus. And there was a couple of things they brought up here that were just some uh, bullet points, but I thought it was bared repeating here. Uh, the fact of how customer orientations were refined by direct contact, conversation, and experience. And that, you know, you have this, uh, you have direct, direct consumer contact and unfiltered conversations about preferences and wants. Benefits sought compared to the benefits of experience and a general deepening of consumer knowledge. That comes down to your bud tenders. It comes down to those that are able to have a good knowledge of product. And I'd like to get your thoughts about how you're able to go ahead and sustain that customer orientation, give that proper customer service, and have bud tenders there that just cannot be just, you know, they're just sample. They, there has to be such a knowledge where they might not be able to go ahead and be able to go and give you the actual experience of whatever product that is out there. Cause they might not be able to sample everything, but if they're at least the knowledge about what it will do and almost like be more of a pharmacist type of feel, I wanted to know what you think about the type of knowledge that you need from your people to give that great customer orientation. You know, to, to sum it up very quickly, it's, best practices from any retail business. Now, where it gets more complicated is that, uh, one, you know, there's very few operators in the sector, surprisingly and, and disappointingly, that are, that are employing it in that regard. There's really this kind of free reign that bot tenders tend to have of how, you know, sales and consulting within the retail environment actually transacts. And it's not inured to the benefit of the businesses. And from my perspective, it hasn't inured to the benefit of the customers either, because uh, you know the topic du jour these days really is price and potency. We're still, you know, several years after adult use uh, legalization within the state of California, fighting this battle with bud tenders and consumers that you know high THC content is an indicator of the value and the quality of the product, and it just simply isn't the case. And frankly, I, I, I put a lot of that on the retailers and their lack of execution in educating the customer about what really makes quality cannabis, because it's more subjective than just a number. It's easy to put a number on something, but and I'll use the you know beaten to death cliche that everybody uses, but it, it rings very true. You don't go buy you know alcohol based on the proof; otherwise, everybody would drink Everclear. And you know anyone that's ever had it knows that that's not really. Uh, something that's the most enjoyable alcohol uh, for mm. for recreational use or relaxation or even you know social use. So it, it's really going to come down to that one-on-one relationship with the bud tender and the customer, and the bud tenders have to be you know trained, incentivized, and educated to be able to pass that through to the consumer. And 
despite the fact that you could consider cannabis consumers in California mature relative to a lot of the rest of the regulated markets in the U.S., it's still fighting that same battle. Yeah. And that's really going to have to change for uh, the consumer's sake and for you know the health of these businesses. I remember talking a few months ago to uh, David Belsky, the CEO of Flower Hire. And I remember he wrote in Green Entrepreneur about how the salaries that are in there for the cannabis retail business. And I think that just the thought about when it comes to this, the bud tenders, the ranges of salaries from bud tenders making minimum wage to $350,000 for vice presidents. And that the thigh brought up the idea of bud tenders, if they should be treated more like pharmacists than bartenders in regards to terminology. Uh, when you look at where, what you do at Moxie, um, if there, you could put where the priority is so that that customer orientation that we talked about is so centered, but other MSOs might not put so much priority, but they still expect the same result. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, we've taken a... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, kind of a non-binary approach to this. You know, you say on one hand, like a a bartender, on the other hand, like a pharmacist. We've always looked at it as singular. The the paradigm shift that cannabis represents attests to this. It's not just about 
health and well-being in, in the traditional sense of healthcare, right? It's mm-hmm. cannabis represents that you can take care of yourself, you can get better, and it doesn't have to suck in the process. You don't have to be, you know, getting stuck with needles and going through all these horrible, painful treatments for serious ailments. It can be as simple as, you know, eating a gummy. Or if you really need, you know, fast acting support for nausea, you can smoke a joint and that's going to provide real measurable therapeutic relief. But that's not mutually exclusive with also just using cannabis socially or recreationally as a way to unwind because you're still doing such a great level of benefit to your body. So we kind of combine that concept of bartender and pharmacist because it's all the same product. You know, it it reminds me of back in, uh, you know, the early days of, of hemp and CBD legislation where people were really trying to bifurcate the concept of hemp versus cannabis, but it's the same plant. It's just what it, how it grows and what uh, chemical composition it puts out. So why are we trying to treat it like this different thing? Well, and that comes down to the stigma. But if, you know, our mission at Moxie has always been, we got to break that wall down. You can be doing great for your body, doing really great for your health and having a good time doing it too. Mm-hmm. I also know that uh, Moxie was featured at the MJ Biz Conference last week in Las Vegas as we're recording the program. Uh, well, of course, this is going out later this week, so a short amount of uh, lag time. But I wanted to find out, also in the same story from Mises Institute, you talk about brand building will be the patient route to long-term growth. When you look at what you see on the MJ business floor, again, another big crowded like cattle call like of show floor, thousands upon thousands of companies, no chance to get to every booth space in the four days available. What do you see right now of those that are doing the best job? I'm not picking on any companies, but of the effort that companies or MSOs like yours that are doing to build brands. Like right now, you have the brands you're building with existing with Moxie and then this new deal with High Times, which you announced that you know, everybody at MG Biz learned about. What is it about all these other companies out there if they're following suit, if they're actually doing a pretty good job of creating a brand that can be a very solid intellectual property synonymous with cannabis? You know, my biggest takeaway for the last couple of years and this this MJ Biz didn't change that is that there there's a very slow rollout of innovation in the sector. Mm-hmm. And that's not just, you know, product and, you know, new form factors for consumption. It is also on the brand front. And where, you know, for us, it gets exciting is that a lot of the guys that a couple of years ago only valued infrastructure, you know, how many square feet of canopy do you have? How many facilities do you have as a way to measure, you know, an enterprise value of a business? Now they're really starting to understand, oh, it's not so easy to just create a brand and, and get it to connect authentically. And so the big shift I saw, you know, mainly amongst the larger MSOs this last week was that they're really starting to understand that this isn't something that they can just pull a rabbit out of the hat. And there's, there's value in that brand equity, you know, brands like Moxie, brands like High Times that have staying power, that have connected to the consumer. And despite all the trials and tribulations that this industry brings, which are plentiful, uh, that that has some real underlying value. And that's, that's played into our strategy as we go into this next season of cannabis, which is mm-hmm. patience. You know, the, the, we've seen what happens in what should be the, the healthiest cannabis market in the world of California. And it turns out it's, it's got a, a good rough road ahead of it to, to getting to something that's more sustainable and, um, you know, meaningful for, for investors, entrepreneurs, and consumers alike. I can and tell you, so, it was so many years I've been talking about this, Jordan, with comes to California. I still remember quoting back with 2018 by the New York Times talking about how like about a good 
uh, the California market is dealing with uh, illicit uh, operations plus they're talking about like on an average of like saying like uh, thousands upon thousands of grows that are being shut down that have to continue to be this monitoring of arrests and all these things that are going on to try to keep some kind of you know just to keep the 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 legitimate proper business of cannabis to stay afloat because i mean it's all this right here there's so much to go ahead and counteract against it's one of the biggest things i want to take one of the things you brought up when it comes to innovation i talked to somebody earlier today for an episode of the show uh where they're doing ai for disease and pest protection i mean this is in israel by the way so the innovations in other countries but not the u.s i mean it's hard enough to have the complications to be able to go ahead and do research on cannabis for you know different academic institutions to get that done but we got to, have to wait until the farm bills implemented from 2018 and we're still waiting on that these things there's a lot of complications a lot of obstacles behind that but it's interesting how you talk about where there is innovation out there i get to talk to these companies all the time but it's like they're not here and it's like where are these companies coming in to actually be involved with this i'm saying this particular tool i heard about today i actually brought up to her you know I'm surprised it's not considered a part of the compliance. The fact you know you have this device to you know encounter like four thousand plants in a grow to monitor that and how much that would help in terms of personnel that needs to be overseeing what's going on and having you know technology AI machine learning to be able to go ahead and you know use that to help streamline the process and to even give better oversight let the computers do it. What do you think about the fact that do you ever notice that much? That it is not necessarily with the innovations. There's too much, too much red tape to do it here, so it has to be somewhere else. That that's definitely the case. You know, the thing about innovation, though, too, is that it's not as though every great idea is going to become something that gets implemented. And with as many new entrants into the cannabis space as there are, there's a lot of people kind of trying to follow the same roadmap of other industries when it comes to innovation. You know, using buzzwords like AI is something that is very hot, right? Oh, it sounds great. It's exciting to investors, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be something that's practical to actually implement Ah, or maybe even really work within the cannabis sector. We've seen it in, you know, not not dissimilar to what you're describing in one of our operations. We had a a research partnership with the university that was exploring (laughs) similar uh, plant monitoring technology. Um, Cool idea, really cool device, you know, didn't, didn't, get legs. Uh, we've seen it also in the advertising side of things. Oh, we've got, you know, AI that drives, you know, how to place advertisements to get greater effect and also, you know, stay compliant within all of the crazy state by state advertising regulations that exist. And it didn't move the needle. So, you know, there's going to, there's got to be a lot of things though, for innovation to really break the mold that just don't work. Right. You have to keep trying and trying and trying again. And that's largely what I've seen is there's a lot of attempts um, a lot of times, from my perspective, they're they're somewhat misguided in what the industry actually needs. Um, but you know, we're we're still, despite the fact that for those of us that have been in the business a long time, it feels like it's been an eternity. We're still really at the early days here. You know, we're still stutter stepping as an industry around simple things like financing. And with an industry that's as explosive of growth as cannabis is, it's it's a shame that these types of things aren't getting more attention and and more traction. Uh, but I, I'm confident that that they will. It's just a matter of time. And, um, you know, really, you know, as you said, on the research front in the U.S. being stifled, it, it goes far beyond that. And as those things continue to 
take baby steps and, you know, forward in progress. We'll see more of that. Let's go ahead and send people to the website, enjoymoxie.com. It's a M O X I E.com. And right there, you on the website, you have products for live resin, concentrate cartridges, flour, stream specific liquid moxie, uh, and also available in various stores. So you can actually look for in various states. So California, Michigan, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and overall, if you want to just point out any products or for people to go to the website where they should go ahead and take a look and what they should look at and uh, really how they can go and keep it all the new information about the new High Times uh, portion of the brand and what Moxie's doing going forward, tell people where they should go on the website to follow along and any social media you want to also add to that. Yeah, best place to keep track of the, the most current goings on with Moxie is at Enjoy Moxie on Instagram. We post on there pretty regularly, everything from our uh, daily Moxie meetups where people can go and interact with our team in the stores, uh, as well as product drops and new things that we're working on. One of the things that we're really excited about uh, is our edible line. We've This is version 2.0. We've been researching it and improving it for the last couple of years pretty uh, significantly. And we just launched it in Utah in the medical market, which is uh, super fun because they don't have the same kind of draconian dosage limits that uh, we have in California or some of the other states where you're limited by the milligrams per bag, which creates, you know, two opportunities. One, uh, formulation uh, innovation, where we can play around with different ratios and, and higher dosages. And then two, it provides more value to certain consumers that have high dosage requirements. When you're someone that needs a large daily dosage of, of THC and other, you know, minor cannabinoids, it's tough and expensive when you can only buy 100 milligrams at a time in a bag. And similarly, uh, we're, we're very close to launching those edibles in Missouri, where we've currently got our cartridges and concentrates in the marketplace. And they also don't have the same overly restrictive limits on dosage per package. So it, on top of that, with all of the new flavors that we've R&D, which we think are very unique to our brand and also just incredibly tasty, um, we've been having a lot of fun with that. And the, the consumers seem to agree. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be able to feel the same way. So, again, enjoymoxie.com, enjoymoxie.com. I'm here with the CEO, Jordan Lambs. And, by the way, if you want a little more reason why uh, you should go and check out Moxie because of the fact they've won more than 100 global cannabis awards and have long, very strong brand awareness, even high times sees that. So, Jordan, thanks for being on with us. Really appreciate you taking time out. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.